Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. This angelic hello, the hello from from angels that um, deeply spoke to Mary and Joseph about intimate things, about about themselves and about their family, about their future and about their lives and about this plan for Messiah to come. Um, it was, uh, it, as I said, it was deeply intimate, not just something that was seen, not just something heard, but something that was experienced, something that they felt, uh, felt his presence, felt the presence of God on them, and, and Mary physically did in her, I'm, I'm convinced. Um, we're going to be in Luke uh, and, and, uh, and Matthew as well, both places uh, today. So, if you turn to Luke chapter 1, I want us to look at his invitation, first of all, to Mary, an invitation to, con- to conceive. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to, to 38 together. In the sixth month of, El- of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me according to your word. This is God's invitation. Can you feel me? His invitation to Mary to conceive. And I, I don't think it's so much the concept of a baby here. He's asking her to conceive this idea that she is favored, highly favored. I think that's the more difficult thing for Mary to grasp. Not so much that, that she can be uh, born of the Holy Spirit to have a baby and, and her, her baby Jesus placed in her womb by immaculate conception of the Holy Spirit. But I think this idea of her having favor with God takes her back more than, than the, con- the conception does. Uh, I think she had trouble getting her mind around that. I don't think many of us miss a lot of what God has for us for the same reason. We have trouble getting our mind around the fact that God favors us. That we're, that we're favored in his eyes. Um, I wonder why that's the case. It may be different for some, different for others, but I'd say guilt is a common denominator, a common thread that weaves its way into our life to, to where we have problems looking beyond the, our guilt to see our, our failures and wondering if God can use us because of our past, because of our failures, because of our baggage, because of what we still carry. Um, 
the, the liar reminds us of that. He's, he's faithful to do that. He's faithful to remind us, here, here, here's, here's your past. God favored you. <laughs> look at your past. Look at your history. Look at, look at your track record. You want, you, you're thinking that God can favor you. Here's what I want you to see in this first point, and that's this. The cross is the greatest picture of all to, to say you found favor with God. The cross is his picture to say, not just I favor you, I highly favor you. You are highly favored in my eyes to the, to, to the extent that I'll send my son to give his life for your sins. That's how much we're favored. Invitation to Mary to conceive and this concept of, of being favored was, was difficult for her. Secondly, can you feel me as his invitation to Joseph? Turn to Matthew chapter 1, if you will. I want us to look at several verses in Matthew 1, verses 18 to 25. It says this. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had cons uh, considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which, which means God with us. That's from Isaiah uh, chapter 7. Then Joseph woke up. He did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife, but had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. His, his invitation to Joseph was to believe, to believe that God could use him, to believe that he was up to something bigger than Joseph. Notice here in verse 20 that he refers to Joseph as the son of David. Now, Joseph's, earth, Joseph's earthly father's name was Jacob, but he refers to him as the son of David here. Why? To point to the fact that he is up to something bigger than just what Joseph has conceived to this, to this point. That Joseph is part of something bigger than himself. Uh, that, that both Joseph's history and Joseph's destiny are tied together in this moment. To say, Joseph, you're from the house and lineage of David, and because of that, the future is going to depend on how you handle this moment. It was a point of destiny for him. That, that moment was where the angel visited him. It was, it was for, for this very purpose for him to look in this moment and see, yes, I am from the house of David. I, I am from the lineage. I remember that prophecy. Could the future of the world be in the son that is in Mary's womb, and am I to be his earthly father? I think he, that, that, he started to grasp that in that moment. That's, that's what this Joseph, son of David, refers to. Um, and I want us to see that God will of, often use our, a history that we think is unusable to bring honor and glory to himself. He, he'll use our mistakes. He'll use our failures. He'll use loss. He'll use shame. Now, Joseph didn't have a history of failure, but he had a history of ordinary. And I think sometimes that's the enemy's greatest tool is to say, you're nobody. Dude, you're nobody. How can God use a nobody like you? You're Joe Ordinary. You don't have any, any great skills. You don't have any great talents. You bring little to the table. 
You look pretty plain. You look pretty vanilla to me. How can God use you? The enemy would tell us that again and again and again. And that's how Joseph looked, I think, to the rest of the world as, as Joe Ordinary. And how can, how, can, how can any plan for the redemption of the world come through somebody as ordinary as Joseph? He was obedient, verse 24 speaks to that. He was obedient probably even at the point of public ridicule. Of, hey, Joe, who's the baby daddy over there, buddy? What's, what's going on with Mary? And probably some, some public ridicule going his way. And according to Jewish law, Joseph could have had her stoned. Stoned to death, according to Jewish law. Now, Rome had come in to this point and, and, and was, was, had the authority over all of Judea, and Roman law said he could divorce her, which he had planned to do, as we see in this text in Matthew. He had planned to divorce her quietly and, and just kind of let that drift into, into oblivion until the angel visits him. And so he, 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 chooses, he chooses to take this ridicule and take probably a lot of public uh, disgrace because of this angelic visit and because of the promise. Why? Because he believed God was up to something bigger than just himself. And if you're going to get your mind around God using you in your world to, to be an influence for Christ, you're going to have to see him up to something bigger than just you. If you just look to your talents, your, your abilities, the things you bring to the table, you'll not see him. He is up to something bigger than you every time. It's, uh, it's not about me. It's not about my talents. It's not about my favor. It's not about what I bring to the table. God is always up to something bigger than just us, and that was true here in Joseph. Uh, his invitation to Joseph to believe something bigger than just him. Thirdly, can you feel me? It's his invitation to Mary to conceive. It's to, it's to Joseph to believe. But thirdly, can you feel me? Is God's invitation to the host here. Some, some would refer to him as the innkeeper uh, to receive. Turn back to, to, to Luke, if you will, to chapter 2. And let's look at verses 4 to 7 of Luke chapter 2 together, which says this. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. No guest room available for them. Now, some read this text and think, well, wasn't there an inn and an innkeeper somewhere? And that is, that is terminology used in other translations. But think more in terms of a bed and breakfast. That's, you'll get a more accurate view of, of, of what was actually going on there. Or probably even a better definition, the, the, the message translation uses the word hostel, which is a large house, several rooms in a house and so you know the story the census was was to be taken and everybody that's from this region has to go back to that region to be counted and so here here is this host with a large home full of family members extended family that have come to stay with him during the census and so uh, you know all of his house is full and so he he finds himself here in in this in this in this place with mary and joseph needing a place to stay and uh and he's He's one of the few places that looks like a, a large enough house. That's, where they, that's why they go to that. Uh, it's, it's, uh, the, the, the hotels and the Marriott's, all the Marriott's were in Jerusalem. No Marriott's here in Bethlehem. Think of, think of, uh, think of Bethlehem as a bedroom community, as it were, to Jerusalem, much like 
Jefferson City would be to, to, to Knoxville, about the same distance, in fact, and about the same size. So well, Jefferson City is, is bigger than Bethlehem was. But in, in those terms, there were no Marriott's, there were no Motel 6's, nobody's keeping the light on for them, for, 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 for Jesus to be born here. But Joseph sees this large home, they probably got some room, goes up and asks, can we, is there a place to stay? And so... <clears throat> Here's the greatest opportunity ever presented in the, in the host of this home's life. And they miss it. Greatest opportunity in their life, and they miss it. Why? Because <clears throat> he chooses to put family and friends, good people, good things, but chooses to put family and friends ahead of God's plan, ahead of God's design, ahead of an opportunity. And we end up a lot like that sometimes doing good things, doing even generous things and missing the main thing. How many times have you and I been a part of religious busyness and missed the voice of God, missed the hand of God, missed him at work in in us, around us, through us? Uh, It's it's because he couldn't see what was going on there. And we miss, some some of us miss those same opportunities every time, at every occasion. So I want to ask, is there room in your home? Is there room in your career? Is there room in your schedule? Is there room in your wallet? Is there room in your family? Is there room in your relationships? Is there room for him in you? We love God, but we miss life-changing encounters, not because we're murderers or rapists or serial killers, but because our priorities are out of whack, because there's no room. We've so scheduled and so manipulated and managed our life that when God chooses to show up and speak to us and say, can I come in? Let me see what I can shuffle and rearrange to make room for you, God. Instead of, your, yes, you can come. This, this is your stuff. My house is yours. My, all that I have is yours. Um, it, it's all yours. I have referenced this several times in our, in, in our connection classes, our new member classes here at Cross Point because we believe in the small group concept of, of people meeting and, and doing life and being discipled in homes. I've often shared with folks in our connections class, if you become a part of this church and you live in a thousand square foot home, for example, our church is looking to increase its footprint by a thousand square feet because we hope you'll, you're, you're willing to open your home up to people coming in and doing life with you and, and, and engaging you and you them in, in your world. And, and that's, that's very much the, the mindset that this host didn't have. He was, again, doing good things, letting his family and extended family stay, hosting them, but missing the main thing because we're, we're doing good things, even, as I said, even sometimes generous things. We don't want to be inconvenienced. So consequently, we, we prioritize God, not intentionally. We prioritize him out of our life. In short, we need to be open. We need to be receptive. We need to be willing we even, even need to be vulnerable when God presents himself and offers himself to us, when he opens a door for us, when he, in, in a conversation, in, in a circumstance, to open what we have and lay it at his feet. These were just lay folks. They were just ordinary people, Mary, Joseph, this host. We're just lay folks here today, just ordinary people, but God is offering the same invitations to us today. He's offering this, the invitation for us to conceive this concept of you're favored, In fact, you're highly favored. Look at the cross. That's how much I favor you. 
He offers us this, this invitation to believe that, that he's up to something bigger than just us, always up to something bigger than just us, beyond just us, where, where, where we can get our minds and our hearts and intentions around. And he gives us this invitation to receive, to receive the things that he offers us, to receive the people into our life and into our world that he wants us to, to minister to, to share with, that he brings across our path, to be open to that. Uh, this, was, this was very... I wouldn't have written this story this way, and you probably wouldn't have either, for the king of kings to come into the world. The packaging just didn't look right. Here's some, some of the most incredible packaging around three hazelnut pralines that I've ever seen in my life. Um, my son-in-law is in the print business, and, and they, they do things like this from time to time, but there's a gold ribbon on top, and this thing, I don't know if you can see, but it folds out. And this is all gold full, not real gold, but gold full stamped here. This, this piece of cardboard is, and it opens to reveal these, these well, there, there were three. I've, I've, I've confiscated two of those. But I can assure you this, in the two that I ate, and they were good, but don't get me wrong, but the packaging for this product cost at least 10 times what the product cost. Sometimes we, we miss the, the very things God has for us because we're looking for more elaborate, more, more, more engaging packaging. Um, churches who do worship styles like we do sometimes can get caught up in the packaging and lose the product. We get impressed with technology and and ways to communicate more effectively that, that weren't available 20, 40, 50 years ago. We can get lost in the packaging and lose the product of the fact that this is God's son. Is there room here? Can, can I come in here? And so I wonder sometimes if, if the packaging is, is too hard for the world to get over. It couldn't be that simple, could it? It couldn't be through somebody like Mary, for heaven's sake. And an ordinary Joseph, for heaven's sake. And even this host couldn't see it. Shouldn't it, shouldn't it have been more significant? Shouldn't, shouldn't there have been more, more, more fanfare? Shouldn't there have been more ballyhoo to, to them than just sending them out in a stable? And That's terrible packaging, isn't it? I've been in, in, in barns. In fact, I used to work in a barn for years. And it's not a pleasant place for a baby to come. There are inconveniences and smells and Consider livestock around Jesus and, and, and Mary and Joseph. And here's, here's a mother trying to bring a, ba a baby into, into a clean, clean environment and into a stable. Uh, th those livestock didn't go outside to use the bathroom. Uh, imagine the stench of this whole situation that the King of Kings is coming into. Wrong packaging, isn't it? No. It's exactly the right packaging that he wants us to see in you and in me. Are you available? Are you open? Are you vulnerable? Are you willing to be received by him? Here's what I want to leave you with. God can do the extraordinary with the ordinary. Every time. He can do the extraordinary with the ordinary. He's done it again and again. He's done it in ways that are, are bum-fuzzling to me and sometimes to you. <clears throat> but the second thing is this. 
The ordinary isn't someone else. It's me. It's you. God chooses to work through ordinary people from Abraham to the end of this book. Ordinary farmer that he chooses to bring, to bring uh, Jesus through to a nation of, of Israel. Ordinary people doing ordinary things all throughout this book, story after story of ordinary people and God doing extraordinary things through them. And that's exactly what he wants to do in you and me. Every day, every moment. The question is this. Are you willing for God to up in your life, to turn it on its end, to do something extraordinary? Because Mary's life was upended, and Joseph's life was upended, and this host's life was upended. Are you willing for God to upend your life and turn it on its ear, to do something extraordinary in you, and then through you into the lives of other people? Because he desperately wants to do that. He desperately is, is saying, is there room here? Are, are you so prioritized and so planned and so ordered and so managed that you, you can't find a way to let me in? You can't hear my voice. You can't see the star. You can't feel me in this moment. That's my invitation to you. Let's pray. Father, as we uh, think back on this scene and, and we are... We're drawn to the, the grittiness and seemingly unholiness of all of it. We're, we're reminded of the fact that <clears throat> you choose to show up in ways that we wouldn't anticipate. You choose to, to, to say and speak things to people that we wouldn't anticipate. In fact, you do that again and again and again. And you speak to us again and again and again. And sometimes our priorities, our plans are so ordered that we can't even hear you. We can't even see you, much less feel you. But you offer yourself again and again to say, I'm here. I have a word for you. I have a bit of blessing for you. I want to use you. I have an opportunity for you. Will you let me in? God, help us today to, to be sensitive to your voice to hear your Holy Spirit as he speaks to us, to not just allow you in, but to welcome you. In fact, to do as, as the shepherds did and go searching. Go find stable after stable until we find you. Cause us to, to desire and long for those things to where we're not inconvenienced, but we're, we're, we're chasing you, chasing after you, to find you to interrupt us, to turn our life on its ear, to do something miraculous through us and in us. Do that in our hearts today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.